we're here. Yes, finally, a long time coming. <laughs> it's uh, I'm still nervous. <laughs> I'm I'm nervous. <laughs> it's gonna take a bit. Um, hello world. Hello. <laughs> we have our setup here. Everything is is ready, and hopefully nothing will go wrong. Um, yeah. I can continue to record on here for infinitely. Um, there, the disk space remaining for recording is 375 hours and 56 minutes. So mm. I don't got to worry about like running out of space on here. But we don't know if these will cut out at any point in time. So if we have random jump cuts in the uh, whole hour, hour and a half long episode that we upload to YouTube, that's why. Mm-hmm. Also, we are prepared... <laughs> We've got drinks from a new place. Uh, we got food earlier. Decided it's probably not the best idea to eat the food on camera, so we ate it. Yeah. Um, saved a little bit for later after we done, but we got us. Uh, Joey got us some some drinks. Mm-hmm. So for our first recording, we're celebrating, even though we're not even done with it. <laughs> so thank you. Thank I know you. he's the one that's gonna be editing the videos. So thank you. You like the bestest boyfriend in the world. Mm-hmm. Um. And then I've got my drink of choice. Uh, it's and don't don't judge me on this world, okay? I don't like Coke. I don't like Coke. I don't like Pepsi. I don't like uh, what's the other one? It's Dr Pepper. Dr Pepper. Like, uh, and I I don't like any of those. I don't like colas. Yeah, that's what it's. That's what those are all identified as. Root beer is not identified as a cola. It's just root beer. It's. Um, when it was first made, I guess it was, it was supposed to be a beer. It was alcoholic. And yeah. There was a. I, there was something in it that like they don't put it in it anymore. Ooh, you know what I'm talking about. I don't remember. Can't do. think right now. But it's not in it anymore. I'm gonna think about it in like 45 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> <laughs> this is gonna pop into your head. Uh, but no, I I like root beer, and rum. But not just any rum. I like root beer and coconut rum. Mm-hmm. So that's my drink of choice. And then from the daiquiri place, uh, Ooh. mine it, was it, uh, something mom. It was a Mrs. Mrs. P. That's what it's called. Ooh. Oh, no. That's what you were looking at the first time. Yeah. This is a Mrs. P. It's pina colada. Banana and strawberry, I think. So oh, shit. it I doesn't don't taste what like that. Is. Yours is the it's peach, peach two point and it's peach Bellini and something else and something else. Yeah, so something that and they are very, caught my interest. Very heavy handed. Oh, and my my drink of choice for tonight is uh more boring <laughs> because I'm a basic bitch <laughs> and I have uh just a regular Smirnoff cocktail. It's the red wine berry white and berry. I know because I don't really care for those ones. Cause it's like supposed berry. to be seasonal for the 4th of July, but because we <laughs> live in Texas, <laughs> it's seasonal it's all it's the all time. Over, it's all it's year always round. the 4th of July. Uh, so yeah, no, we we just got those forever. So yep. if you hear us drinking, if you see us drinking, if you're watching the video on YouTube, uh, you know, this is, this is why. <laughs> uh, if you hear any, we're still trying to get used to the setup and doing all the things. So, you know. Bear with us as we get used to this. These episodes are going to be, hopefully, weekly, every Saturday, 6 yep. p.m. Um, so, 
if it's Saturday night for you, you got the kids all put down for dinner and they just like watching something on TV. This is for you to watch and listen to while you just big chilling. Uh, get your jammies on. Get yourself a drink. It's Saturday night. And uh, for our first Ladies Night episode, we're going to be doing <laughs> some true crime. <laughs> because I don't like true crime. And I do. <laughs> I, I'll okay so I watch and for anybody that knows her if you were watching this you probably do uh Bailey Sarian Ugh, I love her love her the difference between the two of us it's just so you understand is I don't hate true crime mm-hmm. I don't like it enough to sit down and listen to every excruciating detail in you know so much detail <laughs> for the hour and a half long episode she puts out so i watch her shortened versions on snapchat or on facebook when she takes all the little bits out of it and just does her her murder makeup and mystery stuff and i look at the tidbits so i get the story um for the most part without like the detail and y- you yeah. watch the full i, I will binge <laughs> several full episodes at once so i sit down to play a video game or if i'm like out doing something cleaning my room i will watch several episodes in a row or listen to them at least because i'm not so interested in the makeup side that's not really my thing <laughs> see but that's the opposite <laughs> i like watching her do her makeup throughout it so yeah no it's oh i i will spend hours <laughs> just listening to her tell stories so so yeah those are our or sheer opposite sides of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. So for our very first Ladies' Night episode, you've got an entire story that you have compiled and done the research for, went through I all do. of it, and I have absolutely no idea what it is. So uh, I'm going <laughs> to... Either I'm going to enjoy this because I'm drunk enough, or I'm not, and, and I'll keep drinking. <laughs> so... Um, so general, general idea, what is, what's it about? Uh, this is about, and, uh, some of y'all are going to already know this story because it it has recently, uh, been put out in a documentary on Netflix. Ah, Just like the, um, ooh, what's his name? Uh Uh-oh, Jeffrey Dahmer. Okay. (laughs) Just like Jeffrey Dahmer has recently been put out in a documentary on Netflix. Ooh. And we are going to be talking about the Night Stalker tonight. Oh, I've never heard of that. So that's scary. Great. I don't like the name. This was in the <laughs> 60s and 70s and early 80s. Okay. Wait, so. that is not correct. Oh. Hang on. <laughs> I'm sorry. This is in the 80s for the most part. Okay. His crime spree was in the 80s. He okay. was born in 1960. Okay, February so. 28th in El Paso, Texas. Oh, great. You had to get what? <laughs> oh, relevant to our situation. I mean, he's... Oh, yeah. I hope I hope he's dead. Don't tell me. Don't spoil it. Okay. <laughs> Your face kind of... <laughs> <laughs> oh, great. Okay. So I'm waiting. Right. I'm listening. I'm here. So uh, we're going to be talking about the Night Stalker, Ricardo Ramirez or Richard. He was born, like I said, 1960, February 28th, and was born into a family of seven in Rendemain. Whoa. To be the youngest of five children. Whoa. Uh, I was not able to figure out what his mom's name was, but his father's name was Julian. Okay. And he was an alcoholic. Oh, great. (laughs) 
who love daddy issues in this house. <laughs> so, uh, he's an alcoholic, and he tended to become very violent and abusive when he got drunk towards both his wife and his children. Fun. Fun uh, times. And around the age of 10 years old, Richard began drinking and smoking weed. At 10? Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. I didn't even know what, like, I didn't even know what weed was at yeah. 10. And alcohol scared me up until I was about 16. So all of those, mm. like, it, it was like what Project Red is what we learned oh, all of yeah. the stuff about in school about alcohol and drugs and all mm-hmm. of that. It's, it, it did its job and it scared me. I remember they would show you those things with like hair grow your tongue if you smoke yeah. cigarettes and all that oh my gosh that stuff scared me and as i got a little bit older it scared me less like because it was more of the i'm not going to smoke cigarettes because you know i have an addictive personality mm-hmm. and so that's what that was the whole reason still to this day that's the reason that i don't do it but obviously i got over my thing with alcohol yeah. <laughs> here we are <laughs> not that big of a deal it's you know it's just all about pacing yourself and yeah. it's different for everybody obviously because half the time i can drink something that you can't yeah <laughs> so so yeah no i 10 that's just that's crazy so uh, around the age of 12 <laughs> around the age of 12 richard became very close to his older cousin mike who was a decorated combat veteran and was known to be a serial killer and, uh, ra- I'm sorry, <laughs> was known to be a serial murderer and rapist oh, during what? his time in the Vietnam War. Oh, great. So, we've got alcoholic father. Not <laughs> <laughs> just, hold on. I gotta, I gotta recap. So, so far, we have alcoholic father. Mm-hmm. Youngest of five siblings. Yep. Okay, so youngest of five, alcoholic father, drugged and alcohol, and rapist and murderer as a role model now. Yeah. <laughs> How, oh my gosh, okay. So uh, Mike and Richard would bond a lot uh, as they got to know each other. How and did those conversations <laughs> They tended to bond with Mike telling him the stories of his crimes during the war and even showing him Polaroid pictures of the Vietnamese women that he had raped, murdered, and dismembered. Oh, oh my god. (laughs) Who? Okay, you have to be one messed up person as a kid mm-hmm. to be able to see those things and think that it like because i oh oh let me ha- let me interrupt you with this part oh no <laughs> richard later while under arrest stated that these pictures only fascinated him how can they okay that's something that somebody that had nothing to do with it says about a picture he took those photos oh no richard not mike Oh no no no! Okay, so this is so this so this Mike is the, is the cousin one. that took the picture. Richard was the child at the time. Okay, so he thought they fascinated him. What was he arrested for? Is this like way down the line? He oh was yeah. Arrested? Okay. In, in the in the end times. Okay, that's that makes more sense. That's still just fascinated. So our cameras decided that they don't want to record us for whatever reason. So we're going to. 
just until we figure out our camera situation, we're gonna just go with audio still. Um, so obviously, all of you listening to us are on any of our iTunes or Spotify or wherever, <laughs> Apple Podcasts. Uh, you know, the the things. So we'll we'll try to get that figured out like as soon as possible. So for the first couple of episodes, hopefully, just this one. You know, we just don't have, but we're still here. <laughs> So, would you like to continue? Yes. All right. Uh, what to do? All right. So we left off. Uh, the the he said later that the pictures only fascinated him as a child. Ah, right. <laughs> Fascination <laughs> as a twelve-year-old boy. <laughs> yeah. Mike would later teach Richard some of his military skills, such as how to effectively stay hidden in the dark, especially at night, and how to kill someone stealthily. Who teaches a <laughs> child these things? I mean, I get it. This is what the this is around seventies that he would be this age because he yep, says born is in nineteen sixty. About nineteen seventy two. So yeah, that. Who teaches? <laughs> I still seventy. I mean, he's obviously not right. I in, yeah, like but mentally. I uh, I still can't imagine somebody just being like, "Hey, you know what? I'm gonna teach my 12 year old cousin <laughs> how to stealthily kill someone." <laughs> what? Oh, great. Okay. On May 4th, 1973, at the ripe age of 13, <laughs> Richard watches as Mike fatally shoots his wife Jessie in the face during an argument. Richard would later state that this, just like the photos, was just fascinating to see. Why was he there? Was this like a demonstration? Did he go, hey, watch me kill my wife real quick? (laughs) Like, how did that? It kind of feels like they were all living together. So it's not something that I ever found that was confirmed, but that's that's the kind of vibe of it is that they were all living together. Okay, that's. I still want to know. Like, for him to just say it's fascinating, I feel like there had to be a preface. Not like, yeah. it was a really traumatic experience. I wasn't expecting it. It just came out of nowhere. He just snapped and killed his wife. Like, just, uh, it was fascinating. Yeah. That means, like, you knew something. You knew something that, that she obviously didn't know. So, after the shooting, Mike was confined to the Texas State Mental Hospital for several years after being found not guilty by reasons of insanity, which led to Richard withdrawing from his family. <sighs> okay i'm trying to like imagine myself at these ages and mm. like remember what i thought of that's about the most normal thing something happened your role model despite it being as messed up as it is yeah your role model the one person you look up to got taken away and now you're mad that's yeah. that's anger that's i don't want to i don't like the rest of my family and starts to pull away because so so that i guess and it's messed up <laughs> it makes sense Oh, shortly after this, Richard moved in with his older sister, Ruth, and her husband, Roberto. Roberto was an obsessive peeping Tom and would let Richard join him on these expeditions. Gross. (laughs) Gross. Yeah, just gross. In 1977, Mike was released from the mental hospital and proceeded to join Roberto and Richard in their nightly trips, spying on various women in the nearby area through their windows. So this is a family of fucked up people. Yes. Absolutely. Early 1974, Richard had started frequently using LSD and would bond with Mike over their shared use of alcohol and drugs. 
Okay. During this period, Richard began to take interest in Satanism and the occult. Why is that always the next step? Why is it drugs and then (laughs) Satan? Like, all of these things are always like that. It's always LSD and then Satan. Very specifically. And they they claim that they've met God, they've met Satan, mm-hmm. that somebody spoke to them. Like, that's always what happens. That's honestly what, like, majority of drugs, that's what scares me away from it. Yeah. You have these normal people, these perfectly, I mean, not that they're normal, <laughs> but you can have perfectly normal people, and then mm-hmm. they take LSD, and then they just go crazy. Yeah. And I get it. Like, LSD, it, like, you know, literally is rotting away your brain. Literally is rotting away your brain. But it just... <sighs> okay, so... Now they're doing things with Satan. So they like performing rituals and stuff. No, it's just him. It's just his little hobby. Oh. (laughs) It's just his little hobby. Little side hobby. Do they know about it? Do you know? I do not. I can't imagine they wouldn't. They're sharing enough. Yeah. He he probably was like, hey, I'm doing this thing. And they're probably like, hmm. That's where we draw the line. (laughs) (laughs) You know, me and my, you know, I, God's still up there. I can't. I can't worship Satan, guy. You know, we can yeah. we could go do all these messed up things. God will forgive us as long <laughs> as we don't do that. You know, that's where can't do that. All right. So when he reached his adolescence, Richard began to meld his sexual fantasies with graphic violence, including forced bondage, murder, mutilation, and rape. No surprise there. While still in school, Richard took up a job at the local Holiday Inn where he would use his passkey to rob sleeping patrons. On at least one occasion, Ramirez, or Richard, molested two children in an elevator at the hotel, but was never reported or prosecuted for this. Okay. Are are they using the word children because they were minors, because he's still a minor? Or are they these, like, under ten? I don't know. I didn't think about that. Because that's... See, sometimes it, I'm not so big brain. Because <laughs> that's... that. Uh, no matter what, it's a messed up thing. Yes. But now I'm concerned on whether or not, like, this is, like, pedophilic behavior mm-hmm. or if it's because he was already that age and they're only referring to them as kids because he's also a kid still. Yeah. I don't know. Either way, it's messed up. And they weren't reported? Or they were reported and they never did anything about it? Never reported or prosecuted. So I can only imagine that it was something that he bragged about later in life and that's the only reason that they know. <sighs> okay. Uh, His employment was terminated after he attempted to rape a woman in her hotel room but was caught by her husband. The charges were later dropped as the couple lived out of state and didn't want to return to testify against him. I understand. Yeah. That's a lot. It's traumatizing to go through something like that and to have to be forced to go back to that place. Yeah. You were already away from home. Yeah. No, I, I wouldn't. I can understand that, but also at the same time, I can understand blaming yourself for anything that he does after that because you didn't go back to do that. You could have yeah. saved a lot of people, I'm assuming. Yeah. Uh, okay, so I'll continue. In 1982, at the age of 22, he moved to California and bounced between living in Los Angeles and San Francisco. Shortly after moving to California, he started using cocaine which quickly became his drug of choice and he started robbing homes in order to fuel his addiction so he's he's just going around the block with the drugs yep okay all right of course it's california it's always california so this is this is where we start getting the meat of things i have a little side note here of 
all of his convictions in the end if you would like me to read them off now or we can wait until the end of it. I'll say oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know because if you if you tell them to me now, then I'll know what's coming as far as the stories go. Mm-hmm. And then if you tell me yeah, I'd say tell me the stories first. Okay. Tell me what happened first and then give me everything that he was prosecuted for because I want to know Excuse me. <laughs> I want to know if anything was missed or if it's justified. So Right. So we're starting April 10th, 1984. Okay. Nine-year-old May Lung and her eight-year-old brother were out looking for a lost $1 bill when Richard lured her into his basement to look for it where he beat, strangled, and raped May before stabbing her to death and hanging her partially nude body from her blouse. Eight. Huh? She's eight? She is nine. Her brother was eight. Oh my gosh. He was this is, this is 24 first, at this time. This is his first, like, killing. He he molested two girls. Yep. Tried to rape a regular woman. Mm-hmm. And just went full ham out of nowhere into a nine-year-old. Yeah, several years later. See, that's always... that's. And how did he even... Okay. I have so many questions. How did he even find these people? Was he stalking her? Or is this just like, oh, there's my chance. All of these are very random. <sighs> okay, so yeah, he's not even like logically doing these things. He's just taking chances because it randomly happens. He just randomly yeah. in, in that mood and just decides. Mm-hmm. Great, okay. Most of the rest of these are because he is trying to fuel his cocaine addiction and robbing homes and whatever happens, happens in the process. Okay. June 28th, 1984. Richard removed the mesh screen to an open window to gain access to the home of 79-year-old Jenny Vincow. Once inside, he stabbed her repeatedly in the head, neck, and chest and slashed her throat so deeply that she was nearly decapitated. Oh my god! He then proceeded to loot her home before leaving. So was the... I See, I want to know if he was going into that... That in particular, with the intention of killing her or with the intention of robbing the home and just, like, got carried away. Because that's a lot for... That's that's so much extra to rob a home. Yeah. But the way that things are described, especially in his early life, it seems that he very early on, because of what he was taught by his older cousin, uh-huh. that these all just turn him on. All of this all of these happenings because he was very fascinated by those photos and in adolescence Uh, what did what did i say do 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 fascinated by the photos and fascinated by his uh his cousin shooting his wife that's ah reach adolescence began to meld his sexual fantasies with graphic violence that's gross March 17th, 1985. Okay. 22-year-old Maria Hernandez pulled into her garage where she was approached and attacked by Richard. He shot her in the face with a 22 caliber handgun and headed inside where Maria's roommate, 34-year-old Dale Okazaki, 
heard the gunshot and ducked behind the kitchen counter where she saw Richard, sorry, when she saw Richard enter. Dale poked her head out from behind the counter to try to see what happened when he was, to see what happened when she was shot in the forehead, killing her instantly. Maria survived the attack after the bullet, bullet, (laughs) struggling. (laughs) Maria survived the attack after the bullet ricocheted off the keys she held in front of her face to protect herself. She laid and played dead until Richard left the scene. Wow. So she survived when yeah. her roommate was killed. Yep. Okay. Is she one of the people that goes to, like, prove his guiltiness later? Or is she just, like, call the police and go, I don't know what happened, and, like, freak out? Yeah, because this is because this is very early on in his uh, crime spree. Crime spree? <laughs> I, I'm I'm sure it was just to call the police. Have no idea what is happening. <sighs> okay. Within an hour of the previous attack, Richard pulled thirty-year-old Silian or Ver- Veronica Yu out of her car, shot her twice, and fled. She was pronounced dead upon arrival at the hospital. These two murders and attempted third within a single day caught a lot of attention from news media, who described the killer as curly hair with bulgy eyes and wide-spaced rotting teeth, and dubbed him the walk-in killer and the valley intruder. Okay. The walk-in killer and the valley intruder. I feel like the valley intruder is a weird name, considering, I mean, being from California... The yeah. valley was Sacramento area. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> whatever. Yeah, that's just, that's weird, but, you know. March 27th, 1985. At approximately 2 a.m., Richard entered the home of 64-year-old Vincent Zazara and 44-year-old Maxine Zazara. Richard shot and killed Vincent as he slept. His wife was woken by the sound of gunshot and was promptly beaten and bound by her hands. Richard then demands to know where the valuables are. While ransacking the room, Maxine manages to escape her bonds and retrieves the shotgun from under the bed, unaware that it isn't loaded. She pulled the rig- She pulled the trigger just as Richard turned to face her. Enraged, Richard shot her three times before retrieving a large kitchen knife and cutting an inverted cross into her chest. He then removed her eyes with the same knife and placed them into a jewelry box. He attempted to have sex with her body, but was so shaken up by his near-death experience that he couldn't Ah. achieve an erection. (laughs) My bad. (laughs) Oh, my God. Man, you know, he decided, oh, man, I'm going to go do all these things. Oh, man, I can't get up, though. Almost died. That's the part that's that's messed up in all this. Can't can't get there because, you know, she almost killed me. Oh, my lordy. I don't like this. He left the house with the jewelry box, which he kept in his apartment until his arrest. <gasps> there were just eyeballs in his apartment. <laughs> That's nasty. The couple was found by their son, Peter. Richard left footprints from his Avia brand sneakers in their flower bed and, the- and bullets that police had matched to previous attacks and officially determined that a serial killer was at large. So that's, what, five murders? Four? Five. Six? Wait, hang on. (laughs) Too many. Hold up. 
<sighs> one. <laughs> that is seven. Seven? Oh my lordy! It took seven people to be murdered for it before they decided it was a serial killer. Yeah, that's that's a lot. I just normally people do it after like three. They go, hey, three match the same weapon, same randomness. Eh. Yeah, that say is it's a serial killer within the span of two months. Oh my god. Seven? It took seven. Three months. I apologize. I just still <laughs> seven. Seven in way less than a year, and they were just like, ah, nah. Yeah. Mm-mm, that ain't no serial killer. But then the last two, they were like, wait a second. It was only when they matched mm. up the bullets. Which? Why weren't they doing that already? I I couldn't tell you. Oh my gosh. Okay. May fourteenth, nineteen eighty five. 66-year-old Bill Doy and his 56-year-old disabled wife Lillian were attacked in their home. Richard surprised Bill in his room and shot him in the face as he reached for his own gun. Richard then beat the wounded man into unconsciousness before moving on to Lillian's bedroom. Lillian was bound with thumb cuffs and raped after ransacking their home for valuables. Bill Doy died of his injuries while at the hospital. So he didn't wait. So he didn't kill the wife. No, but she was disabled. Yes, disabled to the point of like she can't speak, kind of thing. Or is it? Mm. I don't know. Because <laughs> that's just like I, I, I assumed that it was just physically disabled, considering that they were in, they lived in separate bedrooms, despite okay. being married. Okay. Jesus. Okay. May 29th, 1985, Richard drove a stolen car to the house of 83-year-old Mabel Ma Bell and her disabled sister, 81-year-old Florence Nettie Lang. After finding a hammer in the kitchen, he bludgeoned and bound Nettie in her bedroom, then bound and bludgeoned Ma before using an electrical cord to shock her. After raping Nettie, he used Ma's lipstick to draw a pentagram on her thigh as well as on the walls of the bedrooms. The women were found two days later, alive but comatose and critically injured. Ma later died of her injuries in the hospital. So Nettie survived, but Ma did not. several survivors with this, which is weird. Yeah. Because that's not what I'm used to hearing things like this, is that everybody always gets killed. And that's why they don't catch them. Mm-hmm. They have several survivors and it still is taking. I mean, I guess that it makes sense because they're not. That's the only reason that would make it make sense is that the disabled woman mm-hmm. can't speak yeah. or something along those lines. Because how did they not catch him if she it literally took- witnessed the entire thing and did not like nobody nobody was able to get him after that because the whole point is before that everybody else was at least getting murdered before that the person that did survive she was so you know she was so messed up yeah she got shot in the face and then survived so i doubt that she you know was able to recount the entire story after that yeah but she was just bludgeoned and then survived the entire thing because he just didn't he just didn't do anything to her yeah so that's that's just that's just weird. There's a lot of survivors of this, which makes it even worse. Because, like, the thing that I always feel about these is, like, you know, at least if they're dead, they get to move on. They're done. They're gone. Mm-hmm. They don't have to live with knowing that that happened. They don't have to try to get past any kind of PTSD or anything. They're just, they get to be in a better place. 
whatever you believe in kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But these people are surviving. Yeah. That's even worse to me. It's already it's already horrible because in, in my in my point of view, it's horrible for everybody that knows you when something like that happens. Mm-hmm. But it's not horrible for you because you get you're you're out of it. You're done. You can't feel yeah. the pain if you're gone. S- but if you're it's still there, it's painful for everybody else and it's painful for you because you have to now learn how to live with the fact that that happened to you. Yeah. And he's still out there, which is even worse. So it's just uh, there's no sense of like none of these people have anything in common too which is even worse because it's yep. just pure randomness at least with like most other serial killers it's like they have a general mm-hmm. idea of who they're going after so all the people that look like that or are you know however their general you know victims look like act like whatever that those are the people that can be scared and everybody else is just kind of like oh well at least i don't look like that yeah this one is just it's everybody old young every literally he's going after everyone yep this is horrible oh my gosh okay I don't, know, I don't know how much more <laughs> I could take. Uh. May 30th, 1985. So literally the next day. Uh, Richard okay. drove the same car to the home of 42-year-old Carol Kyle and her 11-year-old son. At <sighs> gunpoint, he bound them both with handcuffs before ransacking the home. He released Carol to direct him to where the valuables were, then raped her repeatedly. Richard also ordered her several times not to look at him, telling her at one point that he would cut her eyes out. He fled the scene after binding the two together again. So he left them both perfectly unharmed. Yep. He just, he he raped the mom and threatened her, robbed them, and left. So the boy was fine. Mm-hmm. Jeez. Okay. So now this is seeming more and more like he got the murder out of him and was just like, nah, that's not what I'm into kind of thing. Which is gross, still, because yeah. he was murdering people at first and then got mad that he almost died about it. So I feel like maybe either that situation scared him a little bit straight <sighs> and was like, maybe don't kill people first and expect them to listen to you. Mm-hmm. But it's ugh. so that that kind of was like, whoa, OK, don't just go in shooting up the place and expect everybody that's alive to not try to shoot me back. Mm. But, you know, at that point, maybe it's just not worth it and just wants to go in get things to because he's still fueling his drug addiction that's the whole point of all of these yeah. right and then he's just again whatever happens while he's there is what's going on now yeah okay so july 2nd 1985 so this is a month now about a month later yep richard quietly entered the home of 75 year old mary cannon a widowed grandmother Finding Mary asleep in her bedroom, he bludgeoned her with a lamp and then stabbed her to death using a 10-inch butcher knife from her kitchen. So much for not wanting to get... Jesus. Okay. Richard repeatedly stabbed Mary after she was already dead. What? She was found dead at the scene. Okay. See, now... Okay, now it's just seeming like more and more like he's just going on drug high rampages. Mm-hmm. Because that's the only thing that would make it make some level of sense. Because it's old and young alike. Sometimes he lets them go. Sometimes he doesn't. Yeah. And he's not... Because he's already not right in the head. But he's still coherent enough that he's gotten away with it this many times. And is it's, it doesn't seem like these are just random attacks on people. It seems like he mm-hmm. has to be at least monitoring these people at least for a day. Yeah. To go, okay, this is you know only only a mother and son that can't do anything. Yeah. Old couples, old people, disabled mm-hmm. people that can't do anything. 
So he has to have some level of a, I won't get caught if I go after this person versus the rich family over here that's got, you know, seven different kids and, you know, their uncles live with them and everything. Like, he's not going after randomly, as randomly as it could be. Yeah. He's clearly going after people that he thinks can't fight back mm-hmm. or won't fight back and that is sometimes killing them. So that's the that's the high, sometimes killing them because mm-hmm. he's not there and sometimes letting him go because he more is there than he isn't. That's what it sounds like. Again, I'm sure that you're going to read the next one. I'm going to <laughs> <laughs> July 5th, 1985. Is Richard this, what, 3 days later. Two yeah, days later? Three days. Three days. Oh my gosh. Okay. Richard broke into a home where he found 16-year-old Whitney Bennett asleep in her bed. After Aww. bludgeoning her to... De- I'm sorry. I was going to say to death. After bludgeoning her with a tire iron, he searched the kitchen in vain for a knife. With no luck, he then tried to strangle the girl with a phone cord. He stated that he was startled to see sparks emanate from the cord, and when the victim began to breathe, he fled the house believing that Jesus Christ had intervened and saved her. Whitney survived the beating and attempted strangulation, although 478 stitches were required to close the laceration in her scalp. Wow. Okay. Was she just, like, home alone? Yeah. Just vibing. <sighs> okay. July 7th, 1985. Wow. Okay. <laughs> He's just, like, he just, just chooses to going. go on a roll and then... <sighs> okay. Richard burglarized the home of 60-year-old Joyce Nelson. Finding Joyce asleep on the couch, he beat her to death by stomping on her face repeatedly. Oh my gosh. A shoe print from an avian sneaker was left imprinted on her face. After cruising around, he chose the home of 63-year-old Sophie Dickman, who he held at gunpoint, attempted to rape her, and stole her jewelry. So twice in one day. Yep. When she swore to him that he had taken everything of value, he told her to, quote, swear on Satan. (sighs) Okay, so he's gone. Like, he may have been there at some point, Mm -hmm. but he's gone. These are not... His drug high, uh, his drug abuse has it rotted his brain because that's not. Ugh. Okay. Yeah. Oh. July 20th, 1985. Took a little bit of a break. Richard just, just purchased a, a, mach- a machete before driving a stolen Toyota to the home of 66 year old Leela Needing. And her 68-year-old husband, Maxon. Richard burst into the sleeping couple's room and hacked them with the machete, then killed them with shots to the head. He further mutilated their bodies with the machete before robbing the home of valuables and fleeing. I'm sorry. How in the hell did he get his hands on a machete? That's what would convince me to think that he's still there. Because who, who, and in, in this level of just insanity, can walk into a store and yeah. go, "I want this," and nobody questioned it. Nobody mm-hmm. was like, mm, "You kind of seem a little high, buddy." I don't think no, nobody, yeah. nobody called police. Nobody gave any kind of description. Nobody was like, "Hey, yeah, I don't think this guy should get this machete." No, nah, it was just nineteen eighty five. It's fine. Things He's not going to go do bad things big with it. Chill. I, <laughs> which is still weird because this is the eighties. Mm-hmm. 
It's just, uh, okay. So he now he's got a new weapon. Great. July 21st, 1989. At approximately 4.15 a.m., Richard broke into the ho- home of the... I'm going to butcher this so bad. Oh. Kovanath family. Okay. <laughs> he shot... Oh God. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna skip. Just, not just, not the story. Just the spell, name. Just spell the name. C H A I N A R O G N. So it spells out Chana wrong. But it's the husband. Okay. He yeah, shot the no husband idea. in the head, killing him instantly, then repeatedly ra- raped his wife. Some kid. He bound their eight-year-old son before dragging Somkid around the house to reveal the location of any valuable items which he stole. During his assault, he demanded that she, quote, swear to Satan that he was not, that she was not hiding any money from him. So he's on a Satan high. Satanism at his peak right now. That makes me wonder if he, like, thought he was doing good for Satan or something. Cause, I probably like because like what if he like maybe he's like s- getting high and then like meeting Satan they having a full long conversations and then he keeps getting high and keeps getting high so he can keep those conversations going and then he runs out of drugs and he's like oh shit I, I need to keep my conversations going you're the only mm-hmm. real friend I have and then goes and robs things and is like yeah nah you swear to swear to Satan yeah because that's my friend that's my buddy that's my guy you swear to him and then they went, I, I don't want to. He was like, you do it. And then they were like, okay. And then he said, got it. Cool. Yeah. Goodbye. And then gets more drugs and goes, hey, buddy, I did some more killing for you. Like, I, like what is, it's <laughs> like, I, that's, <laughs> otherwise, I don't understand it. But I don't understand religion, period. Yeah. So it's weird to me to think that somebody is sitting here going, ah, uh, I worship this thing, and this person that I believe in. And I'm doing these things for this person mm-hmm. that I believe in. That I, It's just weird. So, like, with the enhancement of drugs, it makes it make a little bit more sense because it's like, oh, well, then they think that they're seeing this person. Yeah. So they're doing these things and doing his bidding because he's having these trips that he's going, oh, man, he's telling me to do these things. Like, those are the only times that stuff like that makes any level of sense is because it's like, nah, they, they swear up and down that they've met them. And there's no amount of sense you can put into these people because they swear they've met them. And so it's just, it, that's, the, that's the only thing. I, <laughs> that makes it like, okay, so this is why he's doing it. Because that's mm-hmm. always what I think. It's like, why? You know, for the drugs, but why? Why does he want these drugs so bad? Yeah. Instead of going out and doing normal things like a normal person to get you know money for the drugs, he's doing this instead. Mm-hmm. It's just... Yeah, and how is he learning about more more about Satanism? Because this is the eighties. It's not like there's an internet to just hop on and go, "Hey, let's learn about Satanism." Like, how is he? How is he learning about this? How is he knowing what he's supposed to do? Uh, it's chill. No, Don't even worry about it. It's weird. August sixth, nineteen eighty-five. Okay. Richard crept into the bedroom of Chris and Virginia Peterson. He startled Virginia and shot her in the face with a semi-automatic handgun. He then shot Chris in the neck and attempted to flee. Chris fought back while avoiding being hit by two more shots during the struggle before Richard managed to escape. Both Chris and Virginia survived their injuries. 
injuries. Okay, so more survivors. And none of these people are able to tell the police anything? How are we going on like five months now? I'm He's attacked so many people that have survived. This is crazy. Okay, August 8th, 1985. Yet again, two days later. Richard drove yet another stolen car to the home of 27-year-old Sakina Abawath and her 31-year-old husband, Elias. Sometime after 2.30 a.m., he entered the home and went to the master bedroom, shooting Elias and killing him. He handcuffed and beat Sakina while forcing her to reveal the location of the family's jewelry. He proceeded to brutally rape her and demanded that she swear on Satan that she would not scream during his assaults. When their three-year-old son entered the room, Richard tied the boy up, then continued to rape Sakina. After Richard left the home, Sakina untied her son and sent him to the neighbor's house for help. What? She was, at this point, so fucked up. She had to send her three-year-old son to go get help from the neighbors. Oh my god. (sighs) <sighs> okay, and again, nothing? <sighs> oh my gosh. This is ridiculous well, how long this is going on. Obviously, something is ha- it is ridiculous how long it's going on, but something is happening. At this point in time, Richard had been following the news and left Los Angeles to head to San Francisco. So, so there would they be were, less heat on him. So they were posting things about things, like, about these crimes happening. Yeah. But in general, didn't really have any idea. Somehow. On where yeah. he was, who he was. He was stealing cars! Had, How is that not their first Had no lead? idea who he was, or where he was, or anything like that. Just knew that there was a serial killer. I d- He's stealing cars. That's like the easiest way to catch him. He's stealing cars. What is... This is making me mad now. How is he getting away with this for so long? And then he just jumps, flees to San Francisco. Mm-hmm. So now he's in San Francisco. Great. Yep. More concentrations of people everywhere. Just, Just cities so <sighs> august 18th richard entered the home of 66 year old peter let's this birthday oh <laughs> i just i was waiting you were going over the may dates and i was like okay not my birthday we good that august 18th is tabitha's birthday great so tabby's birthday richard entered the home of 66 year old peter pan and his 62 year old wife barbara wait he sh- this guy's name is peter pan oh yeah that's mean. Yeah. That, that, that really <laughs> I'm is sorry. I sidetracked. You said that. My brain was like, wait, hold on. When do we start talking about Disney? <laughs> <laughs> this guy's name is legitimately Peter Pan. Mm-hmm. This is, is on his birth certificate. Yeah. That's that's his is name. Is his family's name, last name Pan? And they just were like, no, nah, we're going to name you Peter. That is so mean. Yeah. I can't even... Okay. Um, I'm sorry. He shot (laughs) Peter in his sleep, killing him instantly. He then beat and sexually assaulted Barbara before shooting her in the head as well. Richard then used lipstick to scrawl a pentagram and the phrase, Jack the Knife, on the bedroom wall. Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if you, like, messed with me with this one and was like, and his wife's name was Wendy. (laughs) And I would have been like, really? (laughs) (laughs) He just had to do it. Yeah, I... Honestly, you gotta live up to your it's name. It's the law. <laughs> but that's not how I remember that movie ending, so that's not great. 
But then again, Peter Pan didn't want to grow up, so maybe mm. this is why. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's so messed up. <laughs> okay. Okay, move uh, on, move on. Deep press. <laughs> Richard again left a shoe print at the scene that detectives discovered and matched to a specific pair of Avia shoes that was wait, not wait, wait. common okay. at the time. How the fuck is this guy still walking around with the same fucking pair of shoes? Knowing the police were on his back... He's cool enough to walk into a store and go, hey, yo, I need a machete. Mm-hmm. And then go and, you know, beat people, kill people, tie tie up the little kids and let them live. Mm-hmm. So he's there enough, but th- his ass couldn't go, hey, maybe they keep telling on the news that they're, they're you know, these guys wearing wearing these shoes. Maybe I should not wear these shoes again. Oh, no. the constantly. This, this, is, this is the first time that the connection was made. No, you said something about it before. Oh, the connection. Yeah. So this they is just the knew first time the right now but they never that the connection is made. <sighs> okay. So they knew about the footprints, but they just didn't go, hey, these are from the same. How are they going to mm-hmm. match the bullets and then have the footprints also be on I, the scene I, and I, not go, hey, well, if the bullets match, then maybe the footprints I could not do. tell you. <laughs> <laughs> what? Lead detectives contacted the manufacturer of Avia Shoes and were able to retrieve the soles. Upon the discovery... Of the make and distribution across the U.S., only six of them existed in a men's size 11 and a half, with five of them shipped to locations in Arizona, and only one of them shipped to a shoe store in Los Angeles. Okay. Okay, wait. Which okay, is, like, we so unpack. incredibly yeah, unlucky. You, you gotta, we gotta unpack this for a second. Whoa. <laughs> so there are only six pairs of this size, mm-hmm. of this shoe, in existence. Yep. And only one of them ended up in California, and he's mm-hmm. wearing those shoes? Yeah. What the fuck? Oh, my God. Yeah, first of all, How yeah. unlucky. unlucky. <laughs> that is the worst possible luck. Out of all the things he could have been caught for, not all of the people that survived saw what he looked yeah. like and everything. The shoes. Mm-hmm. The shoes are how his ass is about to be caught because he has a massive foot. And yeah. is only wearing the shoes that just happen to only have six <laughs> pairs in existence. Oh, my God. That is, wow. That is, the mo- I mean, hey, <laughs> Karma was on. Karma was just sitting back with that one. Karma mm-hmm. was like, nah, nah, you ain't getting away with all this. Your ass got big feet. <laughs> you go get caught for that. Oh, no, I'm, I'm going to piss you off. I swear to God. When it was discovered that the ballistics and shoe print evidence from the Los Angeles crime scenes matched the pan crime scene, San Francisco's then mayor divulged the information, including the gun caliber, in a televised press conference. This leak infuriated the detectives in the case as they knew the killer would be following media coverage and would have this opportunity to destroy crucial evidence. Oh my... Richard, who had indeed been watching the press... His size 11 and a half Avia shoes off the Golden Gate Bridge that very night. He remained in the area for a few more days before heading back to Los Angeles. Why would you do that? She brokey. How did you? She brokey. It was a lady. Mm Mm-hmm. Call me a misogynist all you want. (laughs) Fucking course it was. I'm sorry. I'm... the drunk in me talking but let's be fucking honest i don't think i i really feel like that's one of those i'm not thinking about it i'm just concerned for the people i want them to to know what they're up against and release everything instead of going hey maybe 
sit back for a second, not let our emotions take control. Because anybody that tries to say, oh, I'm a woman, I don't let my emotions take control, cool, then you're of the few. Because mm-hmm. for the most part, we all do. We yeah. all do. And that's what that moment was. That was the, oh my god, in my San Francisco, I can't, we gotta warn the public. Mm-hmm. And then just didn't think about it. Because clearly she didn't tell anything to the police before she did it, because they were like, yo, what? <laughs> Why does she just let this out in the open? Yeah. So, like, what? Yeah, I'm mad. I'm mad at her. Mm-hmm. How could you do that? Where's the what? Lo- because yeah, there's no logic. Because it was all emotion yeah. led. So yeah, that's stupid. Oh my god. So uh, <laughs> you didn't get rid of the gun. Just the shoes. Just the shoes. Okay, so that's our only small bit of saving grace is that he's gonna still be using the same weapon. August 24th, 1985, Richard had traveled 76 miles south of Los Angeles in a stolen Toyota where he arrived at the home of James Romero Jr., who had just returned from a family vacation. Romero's 13-year-old son, James Romero III, just happened to be awake. So you don't get confused. Uh, During this story, the father is going to be referred to as Romero and the son is going to be referred to as James. Okay. While his family was asleep, James went outside of his house to retrieve a pillow from inside a truck, which was locked. At this point, he heard a rustling noise. Assuming it was an animal, James went to investigate, but didn't notice anything out of the ordinary. James went into the garage to begin working on his mini-bike when he heard Richard's footsteps outside of the house. Thinking there was a prowler, James, after observing Richard through his bedroom window, went to wake his parents, and Richard fled the scene. James raced outside with and noted the color, make, and style of the car, as well as a partial license plate number. Romero contacted the police with this information- So the first people that are actually gonna fucking do something. Believing James had chased away a thief. But, I mean, well, he was going to be. Yeah. That's what he's doing. He's robbing a bunch of people, and he stole that car because he doesn't have a car, because he can't get a car, because otherwise it's gonna be in his name, and he could get caught. So, again, he knows enough to be staying out of the spotlight. Mm-hmm. He got almost caught by a 13-year-old, but the 10-year-old and the 9-year-old and 8-year-old, like, he d- went, the, there's just selective, you know, yeah. ah, that person's going to tell, that person's smart, and that mm-hmm. person's not there yet, they won't be able to do anything about this. So he's he's enough there that he was, that's why he hasn't gotten a car yet, and he yeah. keeps stealing cars. But, my God, it took really this long for somebody to finally go, hey, let me call the police with the information that I saw and give them actual valuable things to go off of here. Mm-hmm. So, got the car, partially car license plate mm-hmm. and color and make and model. Yep. That's a lot to go off of. Oh, yeah. But it's still a stolen car. But it's a stolen car. So, mm-hmm. whoever reported the car stolen, ooh, so we've got something to go off of. We've got the area he's in again. Yeah. Hopefully. <laughs> After this encounter, Richard broke into the home of 30-year-old ben Bill Carnes and his 29-year-old fiance Inez Erickson. Richard entered the sleeping couple's bedroom and woke up Bill with the sound of him cocking his handgun. He shot Bill three times before atter- turning his attention to Inez. Richard told her that he was the Night Stalker and forced her to swear she loved Satan as he beat her with her fists. His fists. <laughs> I was going to say, that's some talent, (laughs) but okay. And bound her with neckties from the closet. After stealing what he could find, he dragged Inez to another room before raping her. He then demanded cash and more jewelry and made her swear on Satan that there was no more. Before leaving the home, Richard told Inez, tell them the Night Stalker was here. 
Inez so he came up with this name for himself. Yeah. Inez wow. untied herself and went to a neighbor's house for help. Surgeons removed two of the three bullets from Bill's head, and he survived his injuries. With a bullet still inside him? Yeah, one, one still there. Two got removed. One is still there, and he's he's at least alive. It didn't mention wow. whether or not he was fucked up. Yeah, but he's still but alive. He's alive. That's crazy. He got shot three times. Right. I was just gonna say three in the head and survived. Wow. That's that's determination right there. That yeah. is pure <laughs> determination keeping him alive. Inez gave a detailed description oh, of the thank assailant. God. To investigators and police obtained a cast of Richard's footprint from the Romero house. Oh, Lori, again? The what s- does he do? Where is he walking? <laughs> <laughs> He's leaving all these footprints everywhere. I just, this- I don't think of that as something that's so easy to obtain. Yeah. I just, it rains a lot here, too. And mm-hmm. I still don't think that somebody could just obtain a fucking footprint. <laughs> Anyways, okay. So this- 11 and a half size of a footprint <laughs> that they were like, yeah. wait a second. The stolen Toyota was found abandoned on August 28th, and police obtained a single fingerprint from the rearview mirror despite Richard's efforts to wipe the car clean. A single fingerprint. Oh, it gets better. The print was positively matched to Richard, who was described as a 25-year-old drifter from Texas with a long list of arrests for traffic and drug violations. Oh, you fucked yourself over. We didn't talk about that. I didn't know he was already arrested for things. Oh, yeah. That, that's not that's that, even more frustrating how the fuck did they not catch him then the, that's not the main part of the story <laughs> <laughs> that's just, those are those are side so quests s- <laughs> <laughs> he had his side he finished all the side quests <laughs> before he went after the main story that's yeah. what okay got it richard's print being identified was described as a near miracle as the system used to identify him was recently installed and the system had only ha- system only had Record of fingerprints from criminals born after January 1st, 1960, only a month before Richard was born. Wow. On August, yeah, that's a little bit of a miracle there. On August 29th, 1985, law enforcement officials released a mugshot of Richard from a 1984 arrest on the media and gave the Night Stalker a face. As the police conference... At the police conference, <laughs> it was announced... We know who you are now, and soon everyone else will. There will be no place you can hide. So now they're ready to confront him through the media. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, yeah, they got him. They know They know who he is. Yeah, officially have a name and a face out in the open. Everybody knows. Okay. August 30th, 1985. Richard took a bus to Arizona in an attempt to meet with his brother, completely unaware that he had become the headline in almost every major newspaper and televised news program across California. Wow, also a miracle, considering yeah. he was following it every other time. <laughs> but only now. <laughs> as soon as he's, you know, making headlines, and he was like, oh, I'm blind. I can't. <laughs> what did you say? Not about me. Yeah. No, that's not me. After discovering that his brother was not home, Richard took the bus back to Los Angeles early morning of August 31st. Forced. (laughs) (laughs) Who did his brother join whatever he was? Army? Navy? Whatever? Again? 
I, why was he gone? Why did he? Who just shows up and goes, "Oh, you're not home. I know I took a bus all the way out here, but let me just head back." <laughs> what? Yeah, he he really just went all the way to Arizona, just kind of expecting him to be home. It was like, "Oop, not here." Oh well, Dude, let me just take the bus all the way back. Yeah, worth worth nothing. It, wow, that's kind of stupid, but okay. After Another exiting, miracle. This, these are yeah. miracle after miracle right now. After exiting the bus, Richard walked into a convenience store where he noticed a group of elderly Hispanic women fearfully identifying him as El Matador, or The Killer. Richard saw his face on the front page of the newspaper with a headline calling him Invasor Nocturno, or Night Invader, and fled into the store, or fled the store in a panic. After running across the freeway, he attempted to hijack an unlocked car, but was pulled out by an okay, angered resident. What the f- okay, bro saw his face on the newspaper and thought, let me run across a freeway. Uh, now he's being stupid. Yeah. <laughs> he just freaked the fuck out. Th- this all screams. Everything that's that's coming here all screams. He was high. High and panicking. Yeah. I mean, we've just, and it's, this also, hearing about this now after watching Breaking Bad mm-hmm. gives more of a insight onto what people are like when they are high. Because yeah. before we watched that, I would have been like, what the, f- why is he doing all that? Yeah. But now that I know, like, when you're high, like, you're not, you're just, you're not there. Yeah. You are really not. It's pure first emotions, mm-hmm. first everything. You're, all of the hormones are in your body are imbalanced and mm-hmm. going off the charts in ways that your body just can't control. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense. Yeah. So yeah, just pure panic. Panicked and freaking the F out mm-hmm. because he saw that he's about to get caught. They know who he is. There's no like, yeah, there's no more taunting. That's it. He, he done. He knows mm-hmm. it. Kind of. And the high is going, nah, you dead. That's it. He, so he pure freak out mode. Yeah. Ran across the freeway. Tried to hijack a, tr- a car. And the ang- the the resident was there. Saw yeah, him. And pulled him out of the car. Richard then ran across the street and attempted to take car keys from Angelina Delator. Her husband, Manuel, witnessed this attempt, fe- attempted theft and struck Richard over the head with a fence post in the pursuit. <laughs> vibing with a fence post. And also had the strength to smack him over the head with it. With a fence post hard enough. Yeah. Oh my lordy. What the (laughs) (laughs) Who's just walking around with a fence post? Are they like is this like a residence? Is he like in the middle of building a fence? How big is a fence post? Are we talking (laughs) big Okay, you know what? Maybe he out front, he built a pick a fence, wife was about to go. The first thing I picture when I think of a fence post is the, like, eight-foot ones. Because we we just finished building a fence, so it's the only ones in my head right now. Mm -hmm. Six to eight feet long. And (laughs) man's just picked (laughs) it up, whapped him before he could get out of the Uh, way. Yeah. I... (laughs) The only thing that makes that feasible... In my world, as if it's like a picket fence yeah. post. Because then it's like three feet. Yeah. Because then I'm like, okay, that's... I could pick that up and, and wail it around. Yeah. Without, like, the wind <laughs> slowing it down. But it's funnier. It's 
funnier to imagine some big burly dude <laughs> see it and going, hey, that's my wife. And just ripping a fence post out of the ground. <laughs> Sheer strength. And just whopping him. Give him a good old wallop. <laughs> Knocking um, him out. Oh, my, my gosh. My place. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Okay, I'm sorry. Continue. I got it. A group of over 10 angry residents formed and chased Richard down the street. The group forced and held Richard he's down. He's still running after oh, that? Oh, yeah, he's still, he's still going. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely high. He didn't feel that pain. The group forced and held Richard down and relentlessly beat him. Around Good. 8 a.m., police were called over disturbance in the area with indications of a fight. Police quickly arrived at the scene and found Richard severely beaten and Good. unarmed and took him into custody. Good. <laughs> That's all I can say about that. The res- the the populace fought back and they got him. Mm-hmm. Should have been worse. He should have been dead. They should have beaten him to death. I'm gonna be real honest. That's <laughs> yeah. I he got fucking lucky that they didn't because yeah. man, <laughs> especially with what it was, the way that everything was described is that he. The way it's described is that he took the bus back to Los Angeles and ended up in a small Hispanic neighborhood. And his ass didn't die? Yeah. Yeah. He's fucking lucky. This really is just, like, this is just a string of miracles. Yeah. Ass left another fucking footprint. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Went to go to his brother's house. Brother not there. Or cousin's house. Brother? Cousin? Brother. Brother's house. Brother not there. Just said, nah, let me just go back. Face out in the open everywhere people talking about him he realizes it's him freaking mm-hmm. out run across the freeway person that owns that car just happens to see him doing that pulls him out freaks out again wants to go take keys husband standing there has a fence post <laughs> for some reason wallops him with the fence post more people uh, see it happen and go nah i got your back brother and they uh-huh. all chase him down and beat the fuck out of him don't kill him so he could get arrested that's so many miracles. The only in a row. thing that I could possibly think is that, like, the reason that he didn't die and was only left severely beaten is that police sirens were heard and everyone went, oh, and uh, dipped. Yeah, that's probably. And just left him passed the fuck out in the yeah. middle of the street. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be honest. Yeah, that's probably exactly what happened. Because that's the only way. That's the only way you get a bunch of yeah. angry Hispanics off of somebody that just tried to forcibly take something yeah any force towards somebody's wife mm-hmm. there is no world that you are coming out alive from that unless the police are starting to show up so yeah. that makes sense oh now he is in custody uh july 22nd 1988 so it's been a couple of years now Okay. We time jumped from August 30th, 1985 to July 22nd, 1988. Okay, so it's been three years. Jury selection began. When Richard appeared in court for the first time, he raised his hand in the air, which had a pentagon drawn on it, and yelled, Hail Satan. So bitch is caught. And his ass is still trying He's to pull still the being cocky. Yeah. I... That would just make me angry. In August 3rd, 1988, the Los Angeles Times reported that some jail employees overheard Richard planning to shoot the prosecutor with a gun, which Richard intended to have smuggled into the courtroom. Consequently, a metal detector was installed outside and intensive searches were conducted on people entering. 
Now he's just being stupid. Yeah. August 14th, 1988. The trial was interrupted when one of the jurors did not arrive at the courtroom. Later that day, she was found shot dead in her apartment. The jury was terrified, wondering if Richard had somehow arranged for this to happen from inside prison and whether or not he could do the same to any of the other jurors. However, it was determined that Richard was not responsible for her death, as she was shot by her boyfriend who later killed himself with the same weapon in a hotel. The alternate juror was too frightened to return to her home. So, even though he didn't do it, that's horrifying. unlucky! Wow. See, that's the only thing. That's the only thing that would be like he could use that as a ah, see, Satan's got my back. Mm-hmm. Somebody died and it wasn't my fault. That's just that's uh, that is a horrendous coincidence. Yeah. September 20th, 1989. Richard was convicted of all 43 charges. 13 counts of murder. Five attempted murders, 11 sexual assaults, and 14 burglaries. Good. So everything he did. Everything. Everything that he was reported in the very, very beginning. No, every single thing that he was charged for, he was convicted for. Awesome. Okay, so he got. So what was. How. What did that end up amounting to? November 7th. I almost said 17th. (laughs) November 7th. 1989, Richard was sentenced to death in California's gas chamber. He stated to reporters after the death sentences, Big deal. Death always went with the territory. See you in Disneyland. What? What? I I couldn't. I couldn't. That is so random. What the? Did he have like something with Disney? What the fuck does that have to do with anything? I could not tell you. I bro was just crazy. <laughs> he it, withdrawals, withdrawal symptoms. Still after that long, I mean, he was doing drugs since he was what ten. So I mean, there you go. Yeah. that's that's some crazy withdrawal probably because so, that's going on three years. He was arrested and three years later was when the start is. So yeah. it's been three three and a half years since he hasn't gotten his hands on a drug. Uh, you know, besides know any of. prison <laughs> stuff that they yeah. got going around, which is nowhere near as potent. So, yeah, no, that's probably, he probably at that point just straight up losing his mind. So then, uh, that just about wraps up the the story. I have a couple side notes. Okay. I have, um, just up to you, really. I have, uh, appeals, mental health, and eventual death. Sure, I'll, I'll listen to, to All all of it. So, on August 7th, 2006, Richard's first round of appeals ended unsuccessfully when the California Supreme Court upheld his convictions and death sentence. Good. On September 7th, 2006, the California California Supreme Court denied his request for a rehearing. Richard had pending appeals. What the fuck? He was wanted a rehearing? Why yeah. do you think anything was going to be fucking different? Char- it would have been different if, like, he wasn't convicted yeah. of all of them at the end. And he would have been like, nah, nah, see, you guys didn't have your story straight. And he, like, would have had something to work. Every single thing. Yeah. He got everything that everybody was like, nah, he did this. And he was, and then he got charged for it. And mm-hmm. then his ass was still like, nah. Need let's a, try need, again. Let's try again. I want to hear all that part two. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Richard had pending appeals until the time of his death. 
<laughs> wow. Psychiatrist Michael Stone describes Richard as a made psychopath as opposed to a born psychopath. He says well, that duh. Richard's schizoid personality disorder contributed to his indifference to the suffering of his victims and his untreatability. Stone also stated that Richard was knocked unconscious and almost died on multiple occasions before he was the age of six years old, and oh, as a result, wow. later developed temporal lobe epilepsy, aggressivity, aggressivity, and hypersexuality. That makes sense. His dad was personally single-handedly responsible for a serial killer being made. Yeah. Because had he not done all of that to him before the age of six which mm-hmm. uh, for anybody that doesn't know one through or zero through five are the most developmental years of your entire life mm-hmm. so if you get fucked up in zero to five then you fucked up for life you can't you can't get past that yeah and he was physically fucked up not just mentally like this isn't like he's getting traumatized by things he's physically getting fucked up yeah so there are actual parts of his brain that just straight up didn't work and then mm-hmm got exposed to things and then when in his second developmental phase when yeah. he starts to change hormonally and then body latched on to things that was like ah that that's what i choose yeah and it was just too late it was too late because he was fucked up before he even had a chance to figure shit out mm-hmm. wow see those are the only things that like that, that's really where like the the hard things come in because it's like certain ones like they they develop after the fact mm-hmm. and people just have a horrendous sense of world and there's nothing that happened beforehand to yeah. give them that and those are the ones that i'm like nah you have no sympathy these ones are hard yeah because he didn't have a choice he didn't even have the ability to grow up as a normal person because his dad fucked him up yeah that is so messed up so and he didn't even know what he was doing really yeah that's so ugh, ugh, i hate stories like that <laughs> There's no justice. There's no justice. Because, yeah, he got convicted for all those people that went through mm-hmm. what they went through. Yeah, they got to have that peace. But at the end of the day, they would have never had to go through that if his dad wasn't a fucked up person. Yeah. That's what I hate. Dad never had to have any consequences. Mm-hmm. That's it. He got off. He got off scotch-free. And that's fucked up. That's, what's, that's what makes me ma- angry. Yeah. Ugh. Okay. Ramirez died of complications secondary to B-cell lymphoma at Maine General Hospital on June 7th, 2013. Oh my lordy, he was alive that... (laughs) He was alive after we were alive. I don't like that. He had also been affected by chronic substance abuse and chronic hepatitis C viral infection. Hmm. I wonder Hmm. why. (laughs) So he got the death sentence when he was convicted, but it it never went through at all. Because it's California. Yeah. California, and it was going on that long. After we were alive, that was when the death sentence really started getting a whole lot of flack in California. And everybody was like, no, the people They still had a whole 11 years before the year 2000 to do something about it and just didn't. Yeah. And then he still lived another 13 years after that. Jeez. Yeah. No, so that's after he up. was given the death sentence, he lived what, 24 more years. Yeah. No, see, that that's also angering because he deserved to fucking die after all that. Absolutely. So that's all I got. Jesus. Uh, 
That's uh <laughs> I still can't get over the fucking fence post though. I <laughs> I've never yeah. that's <laughs> Oh, okay. <coughs> so, did you have a good time? No. I really didn't either. <laughs> <laughs> you got to choose you got to choose more more I mean we for this for this episode in particular we had a lot less uh preparation. We really yeah. want to just get this in the works, get stuff out there because this is going to be a regular thing. Hopefully, Hopefully. we can stay on top of everything. Um we we have full plans to make this a weekly thing. Mm-hmm. Um not the true crime, <laughs> please. No. <laughs> I need I more not. time. Yeah, you need more time so you can actually storytell and not fact yeah. read, which is the only the only thing is that I want us to to get more into storytelling. Yeah, for for all different kinds of things. Storytelling is fun. I I don't know how much of the storytelling I will do just because I can't tell stories without going off on tangents. Mm. So maybe maybe I don't know. We'll see. We'll if see. I find something I'm into enough, then I'll be able to tell it. Yeah. But if I don't, then I'm I'm just gonna be fluffing up things that I don't care about. <laughs> yeah. But I want to talk about a lot of things. I want this to become a regular thing. It'll be fun. So that we don't end on such horrendous stuff. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> I want to. Uh, I wanted to tell you. Ooh. Uh So we had the. You, you remember the the issue with the the finding the dishes on the top of the fridge? Oh yeah. So when when that was being dealt with, you went outside to mm-hmm. go do the deal with the red, and uh, so first got asked what uh, if I wanted to deal with it or if Joey wanted to deal with it, and I was like uh uh, uh-uh. and he was like gonna speak, and I was gonna speak at the same time, and it was like oh sorry, go ahead. Mm-hmm. And I was like so why. Are there dishes, dirty dishes, on top of the fridge? And Mm -hmm. silence, of course. Wow. And then (laughs) I (laughs) thought it was funny because it's one of those, like, if if Anna didn't say anything, I really want to know if Lily would have owned up to it. Mm Because it was Lily. Because Anna was like, it was Lily. Uh, I saw her do it, blah, 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 and, you know, Anna told it, uh, mm. told it her way, where she goes on, and mm-hmm. then Lily was like, I, uh, uh, no words, and he was like, why? And she was like, I, 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 well, I was trying to get them, like, out of the way, or some, some like that. <laughs> I- <laughs> Pause. <laughs> I have several questions. <laughs> I did too! <laughs> How, how was out of the way of what how was the kitchen so incredibly packed full of dishes our massive kitchen by the way <laughs> that you couldn't put like seven dishes onto the counter behind you also <laughs> how long ago did this happen that anna witnessed it with her own two eyes didn't and never anything? said anything, right? That's For what? what I. That's the thing that I have. Like, that's my question. It's like Tabby had nothing to do with it. Tabby didn't know yeah. what happened. Tabby was like, "What? <laughs> like, there's dishes I, up there? <laughs> right? like, I put dishes in some weird places, but on the front. yeah, because you can tell. You can tell very much when Tabby genuinely has no idea what you're talking yeah. about. Because Tabby has two. One of two reactions. <laughs> Is it either she really has no idea what you're talking about, and she like you can see it in her face, and she's like, "What?" Sil- and there's silence. There's or silence, there's or maybe she'll just what? what? Like there, 
But if but she if does, she, if she knows exactly what you're talking about and she's the one that did it, she'll do this like, what? I've never seen that before in my <laughs> life. I have no idea. I don't even know what that is. I don't know why she does that. Like goes, she just does <laughs> such dramatic. She goes blonde. That is what <laughs> yeah. she does. She goes clueless on you. <sighs> Dishes? I don't even know what those are. <laughs> What are dishes? Like in a when cabinet? Was, when we she have was putting them in the the, in the, the lazy Susan, yeah. and you asked her, you said, "Why are there dishes down in the lazy Susan?" You said, "Lazy Susan, <laughs> I don't even know what that is." The little corner cabinet. We have a corner cabinet. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you put them there. You put them there. I know you did. Yeah, no. I so yeah. Tammy had Anyways, no idea. Round it back. Lily tried to out of the out of the way, to which everybody was like, "Huh?" And she just got deal with it, deal with it right now. Don't mm-hmm. do that again. You find dishes in a random place, and Joey had to clarify because you know if he didn't say it, then you know we can't mm-hmm. get the patrol for it. No dishes at any point in time for any reason belong on top of the refrigerator. Yeah, that's not where dishes go. It's never been where dishes go. Didn't like it in the old house when people would randomly do it there. Don't like it here. Do not put any dishes on the refrigerator and i was like got it mm-hmm. was here witness to it y'all can't say you didn't get told because you know that would have yeah. been the next thing well i didn't know we weren't allowed to put dishes on top really mm-hmm. <laughs> like so so yeah there was that um i'm trying to think if there's like anything else that like happened that i didn't tell you yet because i tell you things like right off the bat i'm so bad about that well i i would like to bring back up something that i wrote down in my phone oh gosh oh you wrote it down so you can remember oh no i've i I already told you about this but i i still i thought it was so absolutely hilarious that i that i still needed to to read it to you guys you lovely people oh i know what (laughs) i wrote down in my notes app on my phone at 2 44 in the morning under the title podcast random topic and I'm I'm reading this exactly how I wrote it. If you don't understand me, that's my own fault. <laughs> that's not your fault. Had a dream about getting Nistolic gifts from uh, from Damily. And one was like a lemon ice cream that I wheat tea full send into and spit back out. And you tried it and spit it out. I woke up to myself actively spitting into my pillow <laughs> that's my favorite part <laughs> i don't i do not remember any of this i don't remember waking up in the middle of the night picking up my phone writing anything down i don't remember the dream i don't remember like you know how sometimes uh, if you write down a dream that you had and you'll wake up and read it and go oh yeah i vaguely remember sounds- that there's nothing <laughs> there's not a damn thing <laughs> Like so That's much so that great. this didn't that that this might have not happened to me, but I know that it did because it's in my phone, <laughs> and in my in my phone in my notes for some reason I was talking directly to you, because it's not it's not written like it's not hey, written tell Kieran like this it's just like and Kieran tried it and spit it back out it's and you tried it because it was, <laughs> it was that's <laughs> so funny, oh. I just and my favorite part is imagining you half sleep, no sense of consciousness, spinning, <laughs> <in your mouth. laughs> 
and then and then be going and then uh, wiping it off and picking <laughs> up my phone to write it down. <laughs> That's gross. Let me put it in my phone. Yeah, uh, that's that's great. Oh man, I and that reminded me too when you first told me, and I forgot to to actually like say it because it was so funny the first time too. <laughs> is that there was a time that I do remember and I hated it. <laughs> that uh-huh. I don't remember what was going on in my dream. Mm-hmm. I know it had something to do with spitting something out, and whatever it was had to taste good enough. That my mouth was actively salivating in real time Mm -hmm. to what it was. So that I had a mouthful of saliva and I woke up to me spitting that out on my pillow. And it was so gross. I had to flip flip my pillow onto the other side. Ooh, I hope I did that. (laughs) Well, you'll never know. I don't remember. You could have just went, ew. And then just went back to sleep. Or I thought you picked your phone up first. Oh, yeah. Typed some shit out and then went. Okay, I'm satisfied with that. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't reread it. Didn't go over it. The only the only thing that fully like convinced me because it it was one of those things I feel like that I slightly remembered the second I woke up and then just dissipated uh-huh. after a couple minutes. But the only thing that convinced me really when I woke up that this never actually happened that it that like everything that I witnessed was a dream. Mm-hmm. Was that I woke up and my sleepy time show was still on. So okay. I, I not only <laughs> so woke up those. in the middle of the night, wrote something down in my phone, <laughs> and flipped over my pillow, hopefully. <laughs> but I also turned my sleepy time show back on before I went to sleep. And I don't remember any of it. That's so weird. I... I yeah, that's that's really weird. The typically, times, things like that happen, and I just like pass back out. <laughs> yeah, because I was gonna say the amount of times that I wake up in the middle of the night, and mm-hmm. because it really depends on when in the middle of the night. Because if I put something on like early before I start even getting tired, mm-hmm. then obviously it's gonna shut off earlier. Because I fall asleep to YouTube videos. Yeah, and so YouTube goes, uh, "Are you still watching?" And then I sleep. <laughs> yeah. The answer is no, and then it just shuts off. My my Apple TV goes into the screensaver mode, and so I normally when I wake up in the morning end up with just like you know ocean scenes or yeah good landscapes and so it's not bothersome it's not super bright or anything it's just it's just calming mm-hmm. but every once in a while i'll wake up and it's still playing videos and that's mm-hmm. how i know that i was awake at some point turning it back <laughs> on and half the time i don't remember because it really it really boggles my mind when i'll feel like i got a good night of sleep and i'll mm-hmm. go Wait a second, my TV's still playing. <laughs> and I'll like sit there for a second and try so hard to remember yeah. if I woke up and I just can't can't remember. Didn't happen. It's even weirder the nights that like that happens and like I can distinctly remember a dream and mm-hmm. be like, nah, that did not happen in the second half of my night. That was a full yeah. sleepy time dream, which is still super weird because apparently dreams only happen in like the last like minute or two of your sleep. As, like, a, the whole thing, that dreams aren't happening actively as you're sleeping, that they, like, when you wake up, the, like, the, the real weird, vivid, like, crazy dreams, those are the mm-hmm. last two minutes of your sleep. I don't like All that. All of the things that go on, last two minutes That's of your sleep. so fucking weird. Uh-huh. I, oh I've gosh. heard that so many times. Maybe we'll do, maybe we'll, maybe that'll be what our next episode is. I'll, I'll look into to mm. dream things. Listen, li- no, not the YouTuber. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'll look into sleep sleepy time habits and how your dreams work and yeah. things like that because that'd be real interesting i'm sure we would learn a lot yeah and probably f- freak us out yeah i, <laughs> I was just gonna say probably wouldn't like a lot of it because because is weird yeah our our subconscious is weird especially because uh, for us because we fucked up <laughs> yeah we have we have too many intrusive and repetitive and just not for the outwardly world thoughts yeah. that pass through our head. The amount of times that we like, because I keep saying this for everybody out there, so you understand, just a snippet into our dynamic. I'm gonna get Nikki into a fight one of these days. Oh my goodness! If she doesn't get herself into one first, because there are too many times that I, when I'm alone, I don't tend to judge people. Like I, I really don't. Mm-hmm. I walk by people. I'm in my own world. I'm doing whatever I need to do. If I go to Walmart by myself, Starbucks, whatever, and I just I walk in, grab what I need, and I get out. If Nikki is with me and we're like not speaking for whatever reason because we just like walk in doing doing <laughs> know what i would say i will mean mug people and i will look people up and down i'll make gross faces and go Ugh. Like, and i have gotten to the point now where it's so subconscious that it'll come out of my mouth before i've even like realized what i'm thinking about i'll see somebody do something gross and i'll just ew <laughs> and then they'll look at me and i'll go someone i won't i ain't starting shit if somebody starts yelling at me nikki's gonna step in so fast oh yeah <laughs> because i can't there's I there's already so many instances where i've almost got her into a fight where she's almost gotten herself into a fight mm-hmm. where people have almost got where but two of us have almost gotten joey into fights yeah we but no matter what i'm never gonna be the one to get into a fight unless somebody's coming at me and not accepting that nikki is yelling for me that's the only way that I'm getting into the fight. Yeah. And even then, I'm not going to be in that fight for long because Nikki go hop in to save me because I don't fight people. That's not me. And it's so funny because I, you guys are going to get these videos and I'm sure that... <laughs> you, you're going to see me and that's that's not going to be the person that you're, that you're imagining in your head only have yep. hearing the stories and hearing my voice. You're not going to imagine the person that I am. Yeah. It's going to be very interesting when you guys... When it comes out what all of us look like because yeah. obviously... Uh, this is a part of the stupid podcast on everything, and the main uh, episodes Monday through Friday at seven a.m. and three p.m. are with me and Joey. And uh, he, by the time you are listening to this, how we'll have the website live, so you'll be seeing what we look like, and then you'll hear this, and you'll go, "Whoa, <laughs> that's not what I." Either you're gonna <laughs> see that first and already imagine what Nikki sounds like and go, wait, that's Nikki. Or you're going to be hearing this and go, wow, now I need to know what she looks like. And you're going to hop onto that website to see her picture and go, whoa, that's what Nikki looks (laughs) like. Either way. And then afterwards, you'll like with that picture in mind and then you'll go, okay, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. But without knowing one or the other, it's going to, it's going to throw you off for a bit and then you'll get used to it because Yeah. yeah, no, we've got, We've got a dynamic that I'm sure that a lot of people will find interesting. And uh, honestly, yeah, if even if like five people just become like good friends listening to it and that's yeah. it, I don't care. Because <laughs> the point is, is that these will be fun. These are fun podcasts. Uh, these are for, you know, just goofing off, drinking. Um, and this, how are you doing? Where are, you, where are your drinks at? Your drink levels? Ooh, uh, I haven't been sipping on my drink of choice only the daiquiri and it is almost gone 
I am the opposite. My drink of choice is now about three quarters of the way gone, and my daiquiri is maybe still yeah. a quarter. So, wow, yeah, I got like <laughs> maybe an inch left in the bottom of my cup. So yeah, no, we've been we've been going 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 pretty hard. Uh, <laughs> so with that. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening into Ladies yes. Night from the Stupid Podcast on Everything. I've been Kiki. And I've been Nikki. And uh, we'll hopefully listen. At, or, well, you'll we'll hopefully. <laughs> I won't listen. <laughs> you'll listen <laughs> to us again next Saturday. Uh, we'll we'll come up with an intro at some point. I know we didn't really introduce this episode just because we have not thought of anything. And t- yep. as you saw or didn't see the point (laughs) is that you didn't see we don't have cameras set up because they decided to go at no you don't get to record halfway through it so we're gonna try to figure that out hopefully before next saturday Uh, knowing us and our bad habits it probably won't yeah (laughs) but the problem is is that we already said we were gonna have cameras going for you know the entire week of episodes for the regular show so maybe it's already solved i don't know you'll well you'll you know you know by this point by the time you're listening to this yeah. you'll either have seen that we've had videos for the rest of our episodes or we haven't <laughs> so uh yeah thank you for tuning in and uh bye bye